Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another Pink Bike Podcast. I'm Mike Levy, and I have Brian Park with me as well, because today we're talking to Rob Roskop, who co-founded Santa Cruz Bicycles back in 1994. That's nearly 30 years ago now. Rob, where Thanks. in the world are you? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Almost 60, so yeah, now you're making me really old. I appreciate that. Thank oh, you. Man. Well, you've done a lot of crazy shit in that time, though including co-founding santa cruz bicycles which is pretty amazing yeah thanks no it's uh it's been a good ride for sure uh, i've always said it's always about the journey and it's been quite the incredible journey so no complaints here before we get into this where are you right now and how are you doing i'm in uh, a place in aptos uh below me is where all the devastation has hit uh in seacliff beach uh and uh, like we were talking about earlier Capitola, the pier got kind of split in half, or a big chunk of it was taken out from the storms. And then just down the way here, uh, Seacliff uh, Pier, half of it's gone, and the parking lot is basically decimated. So, you know, it's it's been a tragic uh, for a lot of people here, and uh, we wish them all the best. And you know, hopefully, uh, <laughs> the weather will back off a bit, but uh, it doesn't look like it, at least for the next week. Yeah, Mother Nature is Mother Nature is taking charge right now, it looks like, down there. Yeah, she's ferocious. She's pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Rob, the reason that we're talking today is because you dropped a bit of a bomb on Instagram, on your personal social media account, about riding an Uno Myth e-bike that sure made it look like you are not at Santa Cruz anymore. So I just want to jump right into this. Are you at Santa Cruz? What's going on? Uh, so my contract came up at uh, mid-October, and uh, that was pretty much it. We tried to renew it. Uh, they weren't interested. For me personally, uh, you know, there's a lot of good people at the company, obviously. I've got a long relationship with the company. I'm still very tied in with the skateboards part of it because my partner, mm -hmm. Rich Novak, he's the owner of that. And uh, 30, what are we at? 35, almost 40 years later, or 35 years since I stopped skating, I still get uh, royalties from all the skateboards they sell. So that, that's pretty cool. And uh, we tried to present that uh, when we were negotiating and uh, they didn't see anything to it apparently. And I don't think they got get it basically. So wipe my hands and move on to the next thing. I've always been that way. It's about moving to what I want to do and what I'm uh, passionate about. So from skateboarding, I went to the bikes. We did all the, you know, the Sackers bike uh, company and, you know, did a lot of fun, great things, put a great team of people together. And uh, it was, you know, incredible journey. So no complaints there. Let's, let's do that. Let's jump back to that sort of the start of santa cruz bicycles um and even before with the skate company just for the folks that are listening that maybe don't know the origin story can can you give a quick uh sort of cole's notes of sure. how we got here i came out here in 82 from uh cincinnati i went to high school there i was born in detroit michigan within three months i turned professional skating and then basically did that toured the world competed a little bit but found it uh, it was more for me about lifestyle and having a good time. And uh, the way we promoted ourselves was doing demos all over the world. And, and that's what I found uh, for me personally, the most fulfilling and 
and you know skating with other kids that all over the world that you know and introducing skateboarding to kids that had just gotten into it so did that up until about 90 uh 91 went back to work at santa cruz skateboards uh i ran uh, managed a division of uh, sim skateboards for a little bit and at that time i was really i'd fell in love with mountain biking and i started racing so i started riding mountain bikes around 87 and then started racing around 90. so uh, novak asked me one day i got him into riding too which was uh pretty cool because at that time i think what he was about late 40s and uh got him to compete a little bit and yeah so he he brought it up one day what do you think about doing bikes and i'm like yeah okay let me do some research did that and uh got together with mike marquez and uh a friend of mine and uh he he wanted to work at rock shocks and fox and now he's got his own company mm-hmm. uh, so that's been really cool to do that and uh built the uh, santa cruz did the tasman and then over the years introduced all these different models put together the syndicate race team and kind of the rest is history the tasman was the first model yeah yes it was yeah when did the sort of this sort of focus on downhill racing in the syndicate um come about that was later yeah so we sponsored a number of athletes you know across country downhill uh over the years but we didn't have the budget to you know field a uh, world cup team mm-hmm. and our first big sponsorship uh was the luna chicks team in 2000 2001 i think it was and we did that for four years and as the business grew then we had the money well downhill and kind of was declining a bit just the sport uh for a period and that was kind of the opportunity i saw to jump in and build up the team and at that point i wanted to you know i'm not gonna i didn't want to do anything half-assed i wanted to bring the best guys in and uh with darren stockton he was doing the intense uh santa cruz team and i got him to manage it in the beginning and we brought on nathan rennie and kind of built that out johnny waddell mm-hmm. um and then in 06 we brought on steve pete and kathy sessler kathy was helping us in the beginning a little bit but then when darren decided to go some uh, different path i brought kathy on as team manager full-time mm-hmm. brought on Petey uh rennie was there and then uh mark hendershot jamie goldman johnny waddell had that big accident at mount saint anne in 2000 what was that three i think it was and then uh we've always supported him for the last uh, almost 20 years now and he's more of an endurance rider and uh, enduro uh, he's doing a bunch of enduros now too yeah so uh then brought on greg and uh we built a syndicate to what really was an extension of our family. All my kids grew up uh, traveling to all the World Cups. It, it was a fun ride for sure. How did Greg pop up on your radar? Uh, I think it was Worlds at Fort William in 07. And mm-hmm. uh, he finished fourth, crashing, and Trip. with a bro- broken scalpula. And I'm like, hmm, if the guy can fucking finish fourth with a broken scalpula, he's a winner. Can't believe you just gloss over the history of the superheroes like that, Rob. Come oh, on. Oh, not okay. Well, <laughs> you were talking about the syndicate. Jesus. No, well, all the superheroes. Yeah. That was fun too. I mean, yeah. that was all that was late nineties, basically. Say again. Randy Spangler. Oh yeah, Spangler. Yeah, for sure. All those guys. I mean, yeah, yeah that was a cool time too. It's not that I don't remember. I, you know, we were focused on one. I'm going all over the place. So I'm doing my best. I was just gonna jump forward to 2015. 
like there's a lot that happens between the syndicate and when Pawn shows up. But yeah. how did Pawn show up? Uh, I think it was around 12. We had just moved into the new oh, wow. building where we're at now. Their former uh, CEO just cold called me and said, hey, I'm in town. I'd love to come by and meet you. And he came by and we kind of had a nice conversation. He was telling me what they were planning to do. And uh, at that time, they had bought Cervelo and Derby, I think. And Gazelle, I think they had already owned too. So those were the three brands that I'm aware of at that point. But he shortly after, uh, shortly after he left around 20... 14 uh or end of 2013 we decided for us for novak and i it was going to be a huge investment to expand our distribution in europe we didn't really want to put out the money and uh i was getting to a point where personally my kids they didn't really you know they were still they were teenagers but there wasn't really any interest for any of them to you know carry on a legacy and I'm not going to push it, push it down their throats because I want them to go out and be themselves. So we decided to put a book together and sell and we did that. And then I think it was the end of uh, 2014. We uh, just finished it and I, I kept that relationship uh, with Pawn and I just gave him a call and I said, Hey, we're looking at doing this. We'll give you the first right of refusal. And they were all all about it, and we made a deal and sold the company at uh, was it beginning of July in uh, 2015. It all sounds like pretty straightforward, and and I don't know, like like it makes sense. But I want to ask you, like from your perspective, you created this thing, Rob, and it's obviously like it's one of the best known brands in the history of mountain biking. You and your team made this thing. You co-founded it. Yep. Was Thank it you. hard to let go of that? There's got to be some like difficulty letting go of that a bit, you know? Yeah, it's your baby, but it was like when skating, when it's like I got into the next thing. I always look forward. I just go on to the next thing. I don't look back. I always look forward. There's the trope of founders struggling after a sale, but and I think maybe people assumed that you and some of the other OGs would, after the sale, you know, take a quiet exit sooner than later. But then, a you stuck around for another eight years and B this isn't a quiet exit <laughs> when the exit did come. <laughs> well, so there was nothing done on their part, which seemed odd, right? No announcement, nothing. And then what I did with that yesterday was it wasn't about that. It's really about <laughs> post. Cause I haven't posted anything in over Shit, almost two years, I think. I, I'm not really big into the social media thing, to be honest. So mm -hmm. I just really like what Cesar was doing at Uno. We've been talking a bit back and forth over the last, what, eight months or so. And I got a lot of time on the bike. I've ridden a bunch of other e-bikes out there. Not, a, not all of them, obviously. Uh, but the ones I've ridden, the thing that impresses me mm -hmm. a lot. So, yeah. This is all sort of an elaborate angle to to become Pink Bike's e bike tester, right? So like an elaborate. <laughs> yeah, thing. You, you caught me. Yeah, you got me. That's it. Perfect. No, but for me, that's it, it, that's what brings uh, enjoyment back a bit uh, to riding my bike. Is I can do it more and I can descend a lot more. So I have a great time. It's just a lot of fun. So yeah, I mean, you mentioned that there were some frustrations with 
you know, in the in the lead up to not renewing your contract, where things weren't being listened to or things weren't going the direction you wanted, like what were you pushing that that sort of fell on deaf ears, or what what were you hoping to to get done? It's just there's a number of things. I don't really want to get into that. It's other than basically, uh, I felt I was wasting my time, wasting my breath, and if it falls on deaf ears, so be it. That's that's their issue. That's their problem. There were some really cool things that could have been, but no one followed up on them. Even after, you know, I, after three times trying to present something, get it going, and it just falls on deaf ears. Fuck it. Move on. Rob, it sounds very much like you still have things that you want to make. Sounds like you have plans. Yeah, I'm working on some shit. Uh, my wife's got me really busy. Uh, we've taken on this project, uh, the Breakers FC uh, Soccer Academy. All our all, all of our kids played uh, club soccer from like five until through high school. And uh, along with a friend from Montenegro, uh, he's an ex-footballer. Uh, he played for Bordeaux professionally. He played in the World Cup and everything. Uh, he's the director uh, of the club and we bought a 20-acre parcel for the club just between uh, Monterey and uh, well, just really just south of uh, Watsonville. So we're trying to build a stadium, get that going and, and dorms and really just build up this club and hopefully uh, become a member of the MLS next pro, which is a new level. It's kind of their, uh, you got MLS and then you got MLS next. It's kind of like farm team kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get that going. And uh, that's a huge project in itself. Uh, massive. As far as bike related things, yeah, there's a few projects I'm working on. I can't say anything uh, at this point, but if we get what we need to get done in the next uh, few months, uh, it'll be a few years or it should be a little less than that before it would come out. But it's a game changer. I'll leave it at that. From your post, people are assuming that you have maybe some sort of tie in with Uno. Can you clarify? Oh, yeah. No, I just respect what Cesar's building and what he's doing. I think that I think it's the best looking bike on the market. It's it's a piece of art, but better yet, it rides incredibly well. That's, you know, it's always about the ride and how well it is. It's a great product. It does look quite sick. So before Period. we try and before we try and find other ways to get you to, like, divulge what's next, um, Let's make yeah, that jump, ain't gonna let's, happen. Yeah, let's make you jump back. No, let's let's talk about patents are involved and <laughs> uh, we're 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 relentless. But what are you thinking back to Santa Cruz and your time? Yeah. Like what are some of the things you're most proud of? As far as the bicycles? Everything. Everything? Yeah. Skateboards, just the whole graphic series. We were the first guys to do a, a series of uh, graphics. So I had the bullseye with an arm coming out. Then more of the creature came out. No one had done that ever in skateboarding. So graphic wise, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing for for skateboarding. That mm-hmm. I think I'd, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I probably sold more skateboards than any other person in the world or close to it. Top two, top three, even wow. more than uh, Tony Hawk. Because they've been selling these reissues for 35 years. Wild. Yeah. So that. I'm really proud of that. Fair. Uh, and and on the bike side? Bike side, a number of things. The syndicate, just the accomplishments the syndicate did and the attitude we brought, I think. That was that was fun. 
memories that you know like the kid like i said my kids growing up with the the riders you know they saw a lot of shit <laughs> a lot of crazy shit but uh in a way i thought it was really a good uh, life lesson of what to do and what not to do there was a lot of what not to do <laughs> oh man and what about on the flip side what are there like key moments in santa cruz history that you think you made a mistake or or predicted something incorrectly or oh yeah I, yeah i mean you only learn from your mistakes right so shit um that's why levy doesn't learn anything <laughs> no mistakes this wobble thing when we did that we that failed then that was probably the first you know sizable failure when we did that um that was and everything is about timing we were there time-wise we were there in the beginning but then everybody knocked it off and got into it and jumped on the bandwagon and we didn't move fast enough there and that unfortunately we had to we licensed it to somebody else and then that just it basically just disappeared unfortunately sky yeager who was the bike designer and tim parr they're good people and it just didn't work out unfortunately that was probably a failure that i i learned a lot from but i think moving forward if if you're not failing at something you're not learning anything and if you don't pay attention you uh yeah you don't move forward i don't think you have to fail to, to succeed period so what would you in terms of yeah failing and succeeding the industry today is in a super weird place i would i'd be really curious uh to hear your predictions sort of both short-term 2023 stuff and maybe uh some 10 years down the road like where are things going uh this year will be a glut of inventory and the last what do you call it two and a half years was uh, no one could have predicted what covid brought to the sporting industry in general mm-hmm. i mean if you were an idiot if you failed in the last two years mm-hmm. if you weren't making a lot of money you're you shouldn't be in the business you're in in the sporting area because everybody was telling you because everybody wanted to get outside because they were you know depending on what what country you're in you could you were limited to doing certain things and that was an escape you know get on your bike go out and ride go run whatever it may mountain climb whatever just get outdoors because everyone was you know regulated to kind of being indoors and wearing the mask so i think uh this is going to be now it's the there was lead times 18 months yeah. for certain products right and then you know you had the shipping issue where con- uh, container ships were sitting out waiting to unload for months at a time we're going to see all that take effect i think this uh year probably through next couple of years to be honest you know down the road as far as suspension a lot of bike company a lot of but there's a lot of really good bikes out there now everybody's kind of coming to common ground so i i think you're to be honest your your guys's job is really hard to i mean you're you're picking apart little pieces here and there and it, it's not easy for sure uh i think electronics are you know obviously they starting to play a bigger role and they'll continue to play an even greater role in the, the bikes one place where things could jump forward a lot is e-bikes like right now a lot of those e-bikes are pretty rough and like like cables everywhere and rattling and stuff like that and 
I saw Kaz a few days ago and and he has an e-bike where the battery door is just this absolute floppy it it's out the side and it's the floppiest battery door ever uh, I like it it just and it just shovels loam and and water directly into the motor and battery it's crazy and yeah. just like these products aren't very well resolved yet yeah well i mean they're hugely ahead of where they were five years ago yeah i mean five years yeah. ago i was or not five what are we at now so 2016 of 15 16 i was like no we're never gonna make one and then as the motors got better uh, I will say this thing: the the biggest advantage, one of the biggest advantages to e-bikes, other than you know being able to go on longer rides, go further, all that. I think the bikes, the weight of the bikes, actually helps improve the performance of the suspension. Got more traction. The suspension's working better, I believe. That's my personal opinion. And I don't think you want to go too much lighter. I mean, there's that this big push now with the lighter bikes. I want a battery that, you know, 750, whatever. I, the weight doesn't, I mean, 45 pounds, 48, 50. I, I think it's going to settle around 40, low 40s for <laughs> something that you can go, you know, more, th- more than you can put up with, you know, like five, six hour ride. And the battery technology that's coming out uh, in the next few years, I think will offer that. It'll be half the weight. And, uh, but be able to go that same distance. Interesting. I haven't, like, everybody seems to suggest that battery tech, A, it'll hit cars cars first, so we'll see it coming, and then B, it's still, you know, quite a ways out. You think it's sooner than that? Um, it's really, uh, I don't know how to say this uh, without, it's there if you want it. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay. If you're willing to do the work, it's there. You can do it. Uh, I don't think electric cars are the future. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a hybrid. Uh, there's new synthetic fuels that zero emissions. I think mm-hmm. the 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 core of the automobile, if we get on that subject real quick, will be a hydrogen powered car. Tesla's changing all theirs to hydrogen with electric motors. That's the future. And uh, what's the patent number you have again that you're working on right now, real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> real quick if we get this and it's one of those things when you see it on the bike and you play with it you're like holy shit why hasn't someone done that right it's one of those awe moments i call it or you know holy shit moments so cool not to build it up too big other than i it it is what that's why i'm very interested in working in this project with uh, a few others that definitely sounds like it's going to be interesting. I'm picturing, I'm picturing motors mounted in hubs and whatnot. Uh, Who knows? Uh, something no, simpler than that. Face. The the okay. goal of life is to make things as simple as you can be. Granted, life and the human being is very complex, and the more you can simplify things down, the better off you are. I believe that's my yeah opinion. I agree. I agree. So, Rob, uh, other bikes in the industry aside from Uno. Who do you like out there? Who's doing good stuff that you're interested in, you're impressed with? Well, specialized, I mean, you know, I'm a fairly fierce competitor, but I always respected what specialized has done. And oddly enough, uh, I live across the street from uh, Sinyard. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been talking a lot in the last 
well, not a lot, but we 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 talk we've talked a lot with more than we have in the last you know twenty years. And uh, I've always respected what he's built. I might not agree with everything he's done, but he's always there. I mean, back to that vital survey, he's number one still. Very commendable to be. Uh, they started in '74, I think. Then they've been top dog now for, or you know, between us and them, shit for twenty years. That's that's yeah. that's a huge accomplishment. Well, what is crazy though is that that Santa Cruz got got there too into that one two spot because back in yeah, and there's my, mutual respect there from mm-hmm. Mike. So totally, it, it, it's really it's it's been nice getting to know him a bit better. I just remember you know back in my bike shop days, specialized specialized has always been big as far as I've been in the bike industry. Obviously, you know not maybe not on your side, but for me, Specialized has always been big, and uh, it it has been interesting to see Santa Cruz go from a, you know, an upstart brand to, yeah, really battling for top top spot uh, in a yeah. lot in a lot of the categories. You know, Specialized is you know, shit. they're multi. I'm guessing a multi. I don't know the exact numbers. Multi billion dollar company. That that's probably the the proudest accomplishment is to be part of. You know the team we created to build Santa Cruz up to that, to compete at that level. That's pretty cool. Is there yeah. is there anybody else that's uh that's impressing you these days? Yeah, Uno specialized, obviously. Uh, a lot of momentum right now. I I'd say from uh, Orbea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they seem mm-hmm. to kind of nailed it with that their lighter version. Uh, e-bike. The rise, the yeah. rise is super yeah, yeah. interesting for sure. Wait, around here, really kind of a a factor when you start noticing if you don't see competition you know our competitors bikes around on the trails that doesn't mean they don't exist but they're not doing well because this area is one of the biggest mountain bike areas mm-hmm. in the world it kind of there's a lot you know obviously specializes in morgan hill there's a lot of energy from this northern california in the mountain bike market and uh, if you don't see a brand they don't you know not that they don't exist, but at least the U.S. And I'm seeing a lot of Orbeas all of a sudden. So they're doing really well. They're a cool company, too. Like, really different structure. and Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd say uh, Orbeas got it going on. Transition, they've done a great job, too. Those are the ones that come off the top of my head at this point. You mentioned something just a few minutes earlier about keeping it simple and then on the other hand, we have Specialized, who has seen like incredible success, and they've been growing into this massive thing. So I'm just wondering, your next project is your goal to create something like something. Do you want to grow something that big, as big as Santa Cruz has become, or is there a line like where you don't want a company to become that big? I guess yeah, that's a good question. <clears throat> when I left, Santa Cruz was a pretty big company. Yeah, and now it's it's much bigger. The hardest thing in any business is managing people. So, yeah, in a way, I don't really want to grow the company that big. But there's other ways to do things, licensing your patents or your ideas to other companies that get all the work or have to do all the work, I should say. We we have to do the work up front, obviously. You know, you got to get the patents and do all that. But, uh, yeah, r- managing people is probably the hardest part of any uh, business there is. And you can talk to any business owner, and I'm sure they'll all agree that's a pretty common thing. 
I imagine you are riding some bikes these days. Are you riding that Uno? Is that your bike of choice these days? Yeah, the Uno is what I'm riding currently. Um, obviously, I want to keep trying out other bikes and seeing what's out there and, and see how things are progressing because that's what interests me. It, for me, the whole premise of Santa Cruz to start it was to build the best product we could build and let the product speak for itself. That's always been how my thought pattern works and everybody that uh, the team we built and the support we had around the company to build the best product we could. And personally, it always came down to what we want to ride. It's a selfish interest. So I want to continue that way. And, you know, not everyone's going to like it. Everyone's got an opinion <laughs> more so than ever in this world. Yeah. It's like, you know, the news it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of news, but it's more somebody's opinion of what's going on. There's an event, and then there's all these opinions of the event, right or wrong or whatever. So it, there's a lot of minutia out there. We do love our lukewarm takes over here, for sure. Yes, that's what we're known for. <laughs> it's, what we're, it's what we're built on. All right, Rob. Thanks so much for your time. Both of us are looking forward to what you've got cooking. Uh, let us know when we could see whatever it is that you're working on because we'll be keeping an eye open for it. Yeah, definitely be in touch. It's going to be some time yet, but we'll reach out to you guys for sure. Well, thanks All a lot, right, guys. Rob. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Have a good one.